And what I'm going to speak on tonight very briefly is uh, into Matthew 25. I'm going to read a portion of scripture for you. And a well-known passage, Matthew 25, uh, verse 14. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. And to every man according to his several abilities, and straightway took his journey. And he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise he that received two, he also gained other two. But that he that received one went and digged in the earth, and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time of those servants cometh, and reckoneth with, with them. And so he that had received five talents, and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, Remark these words now. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into, into the joy of the, thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, mark these words now, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And I'm not going to read any more. You'll know the you'll know the the the, the story here and how the the one man uh, had his talent and so on. I don't know if you've uh, if you have, you've heard this preached on many times. I have never. Well, let's say I have heard people preach on the five talents. I've heard people preach on the one talent. I never heard anybody preach on the two talent. And as I was reading this a few weeks ago, God spoke to me through it. Because, you know, I, there are certain people I admire in life. And, and I think of the great evangelists we had in days gone by. And you hear of... of uh, uh, John Wesley, George Whitfield, you hear of D.L. Moody, you hear of uh, um, Billy Graham, great evangelists that God used in mighty ways. And they were what you would call five-talent people. Now, this is where Dorothy nearly took my sermon from me. Also, there's ladies, even in the Bible, there's ladies who are five-talented uh, ladies whom God used in a merry, uh, an amazing way. Mary Slessor, Amy Carmichael, uh, uh, and so on, and I can name many more, uh, five talented people. And I admire these people that have given their all to God and have gone out and have been used of God mightily. But then I thought, the church today, and no, this is no disrespect, but the church today are full of two talented people. Now, in this church here in Balnehenge, I have, without a shadow of doubt, know that there are five talented people today in this church. But there are also two talented people today. 
Now, I'll never be a Billy Graham, as you will hear. I'll never be a John Wesley or a, a, a Whitfield, George Whitfield. I, I, I'm a man in between. I do my best at what God wants me to do. But, you know, the church is full of two talented people. People who God has given a gift to. And they have used that gift mightily. When I was called into uh, God's work into Bible college, I remember going to my pastor and saying, God has called me to Bible college. And you know what my pastor says to me? My pastor said to me, no, 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 you don't go to Bible college. He said, you're a pillar in our church here. We need you. And I thought, that's a man of God saying, I'm a pillar and he needs me. I would love to be the greatest evangelist in the world, but God has made me a two-talented man. Nothing wrong with being two-talented. It would be good to be five talents. It would be bad to be one talent, but to be two talents, that's what God can use. And the majority of the church are two talents that God can use in a mighty way. Let me say this, if you remember nothing else, remember this part here. Two talents, we would say, is uh, put in a way like second class. No disrespect to that, second class. A lower level. A second class person in God's church can do a first class job. You hear that? A second-class person can do a first-class job if they're totally yielded to God and let God have control of their life. And as Dorothy said earlier on, does God control your life? You know, I used to work at engineering years ago, and people say, I serve an apprenticeship. You don't hear of apprenticeships now. And people say to me, how could you do an apprenticeship? You couldn't take orders. That's what Dorothy says. You couldn't take orders for a minute. I said, Dorothy, I started from the very bottom. I swept the floor. And that's how I got the job. When the boy saw the way I swept the floor, he says, you're the man I'm looking for. And I was trained as an engineer. And I made something years ago that I always wanted. Uh, when I was an engineer, I took an interest. It was precision engineer. And I took an interest in clocks. Anybody got a grandfather clock? Oh, boys, I'm starting to make them here. Look, there's not one. Oh, oh, that, oh, no. oh, he's very humble. He's just, he's waving up very. Uh, oh, well, you're the man I'm looking for. Uh, you know, I took an interest in clocks and used to fix them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And you know one of the, the, the biggest problems with an old grandfather clock is dust gets into it. And the least wee layer of dust clogs up the gears and stops it working. So I saw this in a book one time, making a clock without uh, the pendulum or anything. And it was made all out of brass, and it was a base where you put a ball bearing at one end, and it rolled up and down and up and down till it got to the other end, and it tilted the plate over. And as it tilted the plate over, 
it turned the gears. And I had to work it out uh, to get the precision right so that it kept time. And this worked okay, and, and everybody thought it was a great clock. And all, but guess what? It lost out in the time-making. And I couldn't figure what was wrong. And I looked at the grooves that had made for the ball bearing to run, and there on the groove was a small pickle of dust. Do you get dust in Balnehenge? <laughs> Next house I'm in, I'll be running my finger along the shelf. I'll soon say. And there was a small pickle of dust. And I thought to myself, if that can slow down a clock, what's it not like in the Christian life when the smallest speck of sin comes into our life? It hinders our relationship with God because the Word of God says, sin separates you from God. Not a pile of sin, one sin can separate you from God and stop you from functioning as, as you ought to function as a Christian. Here's a man here, two talents. And I look through the Bible, and you know there's, there's many five-talent men in the Bible. You take the likes of Moses, uh, uh, and Moses had a two-talent man after him, Joshua. And you take the likes of Paul, the great evangelist, the great uh, preacher. The apostle Paul was a five-talented man, but he had a two-talent man after Ananias. You look at the disciples, gifted men, uh, Peter, uh, John, and Andrew. No, they were five-talented people, weren't they? God used it in a mighty way. And boys, you look at them and say, if God would just give me that power. Remember Elijah and Elisha? Elisha asked of Elijah that he would have a double portion, a double portion of what Elijah had from God. And there you had Elijah, a five-talented man, and Elisha, uh, what you would call his, his, his underdog, whatever, his trainee, and he wanted to be a five-talented man also. You look at the ladies in the Bible, you have Esther, you have Ruth, you have Deborah, who would be five talented ladies who, whom God used in an amazing way. And on into the New Testament, Mary and that, people who God used mightily. And then you have the two talented person. A second class person can do, do you remember? A first class job. How is that possible when God's in it? And what I want to ask you tonight is, where do you stand with God tonight? Are you willing to give him your all? That even in this gathering tonight, when I go back to Shetland and I hear great things happening, a coffee shop opening or coffee room opening, Great things happening, reaching out to people who are walking by, souls being saved. People who might be two-talent tonight become a five-talent person that God uses mightily. How? Because they yield their all to God. I remember in Bray. Do you remember Bray, Jonathan? Jonathan preached a message in Bray. 
And I said to his father, does he preach on this? I think maybe that was your first or in one of your first sermons there. That God can take an individual and use them. There's a stepping stone. We all go in stepping stones. And the most important thing is that you take that first step. Because what makes you take that first step is a word that uh, sometimes eases out of the Christian life, but it, it, it shouldn't. It should be forthright in your life. And that is faith in God. Trust in him. Trust God. And if you trust God and depend solely on him, you will see amazing things happening. That God will take you levels that you would never imagine that you would reach. I remember the first time I went into a mission hall in Portrush, there was a gentleman standing at the door. And this is what you would call a two-talented man. He was a gentleman, a working man, and I, my first time to go into the mission hall, and you know this? He raised out his hands and he gave me a handshake and he welcomed me to that hall. I remember that. I don't remember the sermon that night. I remember that, that a stranger would make me feel welcome. And you see when anybody comes into your meeting too, it's a big step for somebody to come in off the street into a strange environment, a strange gathering of people. Make them feel welcome. It's stronger than any sermon. It speaks to people. I never forgot that man. And through going back to that hall, I wasn't saved. And through going back to that hall, I heard the gospel and I got saved. But it was that man who handed me the hymn book and made me feel welcome. A too talented man who was willing to do something for God. Even make a cup of tea. Even use a paintbrush that I hear some of you were doing the other night. Things like that, that you, you start off at that level because you want to do something for God. Is it in the desire of your heart to do something for the Lord? Oh, yeah, it's good to have a nice home. It's good to be successful in life. And Christians can be successful in life. There's no question about it. But remember, put God first. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things shall be added unto you. Do not be concerned about those things. God will give you those things that you need in life. What he requires of you is to be faithful to him and give him your all. You're a person of prayer. There's not many people like that. Prayer is amazing. God not only hears prayer, but God answers prayer. And God wants to hear you praying to him and talking to him. You know, sometimes when I come home from meetings and that, and sometimes I'm a wee bit late and, and I go to bed, and Dorothy's the type of person, she likes to talk all night. Whereas when I see the pillow, my body just switches off. I, I, I Sometimes I'm asleep before I even touch the pillow. Uh, uh, and, you know, don't tire yourself out all day that you haven't time to pray. I've seen me getting into bed. And Dorothy says, have you read tonight? And to my shame, I would say, the Lord understands I'm tired. But I shouldn't be. 
I should always make time for God and give him his time because he is the amazing one. He's the one that can do so much for us. He's the one who loves us. He's the one who blesses us. And he's the one who wants to give us more and more and more. Five talents. I admire a person with five talents. God has gifted them. And in this building here tonight, there's people who have that five talents. And I'm so privileged to meet them and to hear them and to be associated with them. The majority are two talent people, people that God can use and whom God needs. And the majority of the church is filled of two talent people. Let me ask you, as I finish, what level are you at? Are you five talents? Are you two talents? I hope you're not one talent. God doesn't mean you to be down there. And God can lift you up. All you have to do is yield to him and ask him to come into your life and that your life belongs to him and let him take it and use it for his glory. We could not survive in Shetland without you, for your fellowship, for your prayers, for your support. You are part of the work. We might be in the front line, but you're the backbone of it. When we get down and discouraged, we think of you, and we think of the great singing, and it does bring tears to our eyes, and we long to be in that gathering. God has this there in Shetland for a purpose. When you came up to Shetland, it was like giving me a, th oh, a million pounds just to have you there and to let you see the way the thing operates and to meet the people. But when you left Shetland, there was a great void. And we had to really lean on God because we wanted to go back home with you. You made such an impact on our lives. We will never forget. And you are such a blessing to us, as well as the people in Shetland. Now, there's some people here tonight, and I know they've travelled halfway around the world, but they always did a detour around Shetland. And I'm praying that God will speak to them, and God will bring them up there, because I know they're gifted people. And they can tell people about the love of Christ. That's what the world needs to hear. Especially at this time, people are frightened. People are terrified. And when we're away home now, we've never been home as long as this. Uh, and we're really enjoying it. It is good to be back home and to meet you all and to spend time with you. Uh, we, 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 the, the Shetland folk do miss us. And they phone us up all the time. And they're getting that desperate now that they're saying to me, you need to come up and cut this grass. I says, put the sheep on it. I'm not going to go back to Shetland just to cut grass. But that's them because they, I'm not boasting anything, but they do miss us uh, and they want us back. And they want you back too. And if God puts it in your heart, be obedient. I think Dorothy used that word, obedience. We used to teach the children a chorus. I don't know if you teach it in your Sunday. Obedience is the very best way. Do you know it? 
And that's the word obedience. Be obedient unto God. Trust him. Have no fear. He will not take you way beyond something that you don't want to do. If he takes you somewhere, if he wants to use you, he will equip you. He will be there for you. And when you yield to him, he will bless you and he will enrich you. He is no man's debtor. And you know one of the greatest joys in the Christian life is to know that you appointed someone in the right direction. And that is to the Saviour. Would you believe it that we're there eight years now and we're beginning to see some of the converts and Shetland going to glory land? And, you know, it makes me feel old. And I said, you know, we pointed them to the Lord and now they've gone into eternity, gone to be with him. And should it be for one soul, it makes it all worthwhile. You've heard the names tonight. You've heard of young Bexy. You've heard of, of, of the, the other young girl from uh, Justice from Russia. Know and love the Lord and are on fire for God. And God has people for you that he, he wants you to meet that you can be a witness to them. And you can talk to them about your Saviour. Maybe not in Shetland, maybe here in Balmhinge, wherever you are. You will meet people that we will not meet. So within yourself, don't tell your pastor, don't tell anybody else, between you and God, what level are you at? One, two, or five. And it's up to you. It's not your pastor to make you into that. It's between you and God. What level are you at? Friends, we cannot thank you enough for what you mean to us. You're very, very precious people. You're way beyond us. And your singing is amazing. And your preaching, we've heard your preaching, Tim. And we will have you up to Shetland. Whether you're seasick or not, you'll soon get over it. I will bring you up and we hope others will come too. And remember, it's God's work. It's not our work. And you're part of that work. You've left a stamp on it. A stamp. Remember years ago they used to clack chain and all. The older folk will know this. Who will I say now? I won't look at anybody in particular. Oh, why? Stephen's there, I see him now. Ah, the older folk and Trevor, all right, won't mention names. Right. Years ago, they used to have fine china and they always put a stamp on it. Now, I hope you did, don't do what we had visitors came one time in, in Aberdeen when we lived there in the mission and we had visitors and, and this lady looked at Dorothy put out the fine china and the lady lifted the plate and looked underneath and I saw her doing it and I thought, but what was she looking for? The stamp. I won't tell you what the stamp was. It was done special. <laughs> but what I say to you now, have you the stamp of God in your life? What's that stamp? Redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb.
Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Lord. And I want to do something for him to show my gratitude. I can never pay him back, but I can do something to show that I love him and that I appreciate him. May God bless you.